Yo, yo, episode two, Tough Pod, with myself, the narrator here, Logan, Big Log Ridge, and joined by my two best buds slash one of my actual blood brothers. Yeah, you have Nathaniel. to like him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really have a choice there either. Nathaniel, Niz, the Wiz, Musser, Jesse, Don Most, Ridge, boys. It's been a couple of weeks since episode one, and I would call that a uh, blaring success of our whole uh, three listeners. And I think maybe only one person listened to the whole thing other than ourselves. Uh, had Thanksgiving the past week. Nate, how you doing, man? Thanksgiving, how was it? How's, how have things been going the past two weeks? You know, I just feel, feel like we're really reaching the people. Um, those three listeners, you know, I could see that blossoming to four five this week so um you know feeling great feeling full of turkey uh got all the leftovers in and, and ready to talk some sports a lot of confidence i love it jesse how we doing man how was the thanksgiving uh with me not around specifically um, how we do you know it was uh we missed you um me and noah me and Noah definitely had enough jokes to to, to go around um <laughs> But uh, some some feedback from the last pod. Apparently, I sounded like I was uh, underwater and had a wet blanket over my microphone, which uh, was kind of awful to hear. That I almost ruined the pod. But you know, uh, we powered through. But Thanksgiving was good, man. We went to uh, we went to our uncle Uncle Mike's. He's a chef, and uh, he cooked up one of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life. Um, but yeah, we missed you, and um, hopefully next year. Um, we won't be without you again. Yeah, I mean, really interesting strategy to record the podcast last week while getting waterboarded at the same time. But we got through it. Um, <laughs> Live it was, it was from easy. Guantanamo was, Bay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we made it through, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving was good for me, too. Just five of us over at the, uh, the in-law's house, watched some football, drank some beer, drank some bourbon. Uh, that was a good time for me. But people don't care about that. Uh, this is Tough League. This is a Tough League podcast. We want to hear what's going on in the tough landscape. What is happening? Currently, one sport going on. We're not even into the trenches of what Tough League really is when all this basketball and baseball are going on at the same time. When uh, basketball is leaking into football season, baseball into basketball season, whatever happens in a year. And again, one of the craziest fantasy sports years of the year we got to enjoy some wednesday midday football how about that so weird i don't think did we have any matchups in tough this week relying on um the wednesday night game or the wednesday day game did we have any steelers baltimore matchups that needed anything to go right for anybody i don't think so i think we escaped without having anybody riding any action on that uh you know, Andrew had to deal with no Lamar Jackson this week, so um, I don't think he fired up Robert Griffin. But I think we made it through without any any Wednesday dramatics. Yeah, we in another league that we're in, I recommended to um, my fiance to not play Big Ben and Eric Ebron and fire up UNC's own Mitch Trubisky for her <laughs> on uh, no. Monday Night Football, and you know it worked out. He ended up getting twenty points. Um, and I believe uh, she was victorious over our very own podcast uh, contributor here, uh, Jesse Ridge. So that worked out nicely. But again, really strange year. And we get 
my guy, Will Fuller, getting suspended <laughs> for the for the old PEDs, man. Uh, have him on all four of my fantasy teams. Not great stuff, but um, you know, yeah. um, he and and normally when someone takes PEDs, they usually take full responsibility of their actions. And I believe in the second sentence of his statement, he put the whole blame on the doctor. And he said that a doctor recommended me this medication that um, he believed was okay in the NFL drug substance, and uh, and it wasn't. So he um, was it was almost um, he put he he took no he took no blame, and, and he put it all on the doctor. Um, I'm not a Barry Bonds route. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can certainly understand frustration if you're if you are prescribed something like that, but it can't be that hard to like double check with the league, make sure you're <laughs> not taking. Just, There's a literal list. <laughs> yeah, just straight anabolic steroids or whatever it is, you know. Just make sure. But uh, R.I.P. to your four fantasy teams. I know, seriously. <laughs> but, and I'm just making an absolute surge in tough league right now. I believe I was yeah. one and six at one point. Now I'm five and seven. One game out of that fourth spot in the playoff spot with two weeks to go, and then the second highest scorer in the league, rocking the five and seven. And speaking of which, we have first and second place locked up. One by Thielen himself, it, which it which who is Thielen myself? Al. I, I always think Al. Oh, of course it is the silent assassin. The silent assassin Al himself, and we have second place also locked up. The same record, nine and three by. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bird won't quit himself, uh, Grant Ono. Um, and then we have the third and fourth spot completely up for grabs. Discount, double check. Bone Rugs and Harmony, a team has no name. Mahomes Alone, which is very topical and relevant, I must say, as my own team name. Um, and then one more. Tease football team. Thank you very much for the win. Like, yeah. we have a lot of people in, in the running for that last spot with two weeks to go. Anything could happen. And to mention, Nate, I know I said discount double check. That is your team name. Correct. Currently rocking sole possession of third place at a seven and five record, whereas Bone Rugs and Harmony, a team has no name, rocking the six and six, tied to that fourth spot with Bone Rugs and Harmony taking the tiebreaker for most points. And then myself, T, and Sizz rocking the five and seven with still an outside chance to make it in there. Six in a row, six in a row here. Um, I know I took a lot of heat from Andrew for the outdated team name. I know discount double check (laughs) is very 2017. Uh, But you know what? The squad is surging right now, and and I'm really happy with my guys. You take take a very um, second place to uh, the playing tees football team. Yeah, you hate to see your, that. Yours is second worst team name for sure. Yeah, you, you you absolutely hate to see a guy who just can't put out can't put out a decent pun. Uh, you shout out beat, shout out to like, T. He's a married man now. He is a changed man. Uh, we hope to see more effort from him both in his his marriage and in this fantasy league. So yeah, Taylor Ramirez. Yeah, Taylor Ramirez, the newly <laughs> minted. He's found himself a lovely lady and. Uh, Taking her her name uh, as any good man would do. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my internet's like being unstable with me right now. We can cut slight this out, but... slight instability. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. So yes, those are the updated standings we have for Tough League right now. Pretty much every team still in it, other than again. 
her very own, bringing up the absolute rear. Doesn't even have a thousand points for Oof. over two hundred points away from the ninth place <laughs> uh, person. Four and eight, fresh Prince of Elair, Jesse listen, Bridges. Listen, what, what happened to you this year, man? I what, take, what's the I four take, and eight? Come on. I take full responsibility in the awful, um, the awful season I have had. Um, but I do place first in best pun of team name. It Fresh is solid. Prince of Hilaire. Hilaire. Very- Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you know. Um, but I, I, I like to go on a little monologue here of the absolute curse that I have been put on of the 2020 QB curse. Okay, so I drafted Drew Brees, right? I traded for Michael Thomas a few years ago. I drafted Drew Brees. I thought I was going to have a good hookup. And I have a very, very short leash and I have no patience when it comes to QB quarterbacks. I'm, I'm excuse me. When it comes to quarterbacks in fantasy, week one, Drew Brees scored 14 points. Did I deserve to pull him? Absolutely not. But I did. He never started for my team ever again. Uh, the next now, mind you, I also drafted Joe Burrow in our um, rookie draft league, and for someone, you know, I didn't want to start him right away just in case, you know, he could put up a fiver, a tenner, a fiver, a tenner, and you know, all of a sudden I'm one in five. Um, and so I didn't start him till about week four. Um, week two, I went Phillip Rivers had 11 points. I went week three, Garden Minshew had 10 points. And this is when I started Joe Burrow. Week four, he had 16 points. Okay. Decent. Um, but it's not good enough. I don't like it. It's not good enough. Week five, I benched Burrow. And I, because oh, he was facing Baltimore, he ended up scoring like three points. Yeah. I started Teddy Bridgewater. He scored 20. Fantastic. I'll take that every single week. Week six, I started Matthew Stafford, 13 points. Week seven is when I decided to full send Joe Burrow. The Academy of the Full Send, 34 points for Joe Burrow. So I, thought fine. I, I thought I found a keeper in this man. Oh, yeah, we and, got and it. This is, and this is something that I'm going to bring up in the tough pot is, is Joe Burrow a keeper? You know, no. we'll, we'll talk about that another time. After his 34-point outing, he went week eight, 18 points, great. And then he went on a bye, and that's when the curse went full effect, <laughs> right? Burrow on a bye, I picked up Matthew Stafford, 10 points. And then the next week, Burrow, 12 points. Next week, towards ACL, towards MCL, he had 11 points. And the week, this is last week, I picked up Derek Carr. He had <laughs> 1.6 points. Mm. And I think, I think my season is over. <laughs> uh, it's been over for a while. Yeah, yeah that's pretty bad. Michael Thomas, good. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow, um, Derek Henry, you just, I, I don't know what, I don't know. I, it just wasn't there for me this year. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate against your QB curse affecting your season because I had an absolute running back curse all year going against me and I'm still in a playoff spot. Saquon Barkley traded for Marlon Mack, both on the IR. Oh. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan started a couple weeks for me now on the IR. I started Malcolm Brown one week and he got me like four points. Um, I traded for Kenyon Drake. He immediately gets hurt, but he's on the come, he's on the up and ups. Uh, gotten two straight 20 point weeks, just absolutely fleeced T for the Chris Godwin, who has not really done much since the emergence of Antonio Brown. So I'm going to take a win on that one. Kenyon Drake has been basically the stabilizing force on my team. Ever since I traded for him, my team has been going up, up and up, and I'm fired, fired up about it. I'm taking that fourth playoff spot and Nate. 
Am I going to see you in the playoffs? I don't think you want to see me right now. I'm red hot. I'm feeling very confident because you know a personal confidence in yourself totally translate into a fantasy league, a fantasy team performance. So I'm I just feeling know, really good about that right now. I just know I've got Devonte Adams, and that guy's <laughs> a, a thirty point week at any any given week. Um, not only that, I got a Rod feeding him the ball, so that's just a double up that's just going to keep oh, hitting man. for me. Uh, you know, I, I felt like we were much better than one and five, and I think we proved that with six in a row. So uh, we've got some depth. We've got a few question marks at tight end because uh, Mark Andrews apparently just wants to have COVID for the rest of his life, and <laughs> he wasn't really playing very well beforehand. But um, hoping we'll get that squared away, and I'm just gonna—I think I'm just gonna win the rest of the games, and then just kind of coast on into playoffs. That's that's my feeling so far. It's really hard to lose when you win every week correct you know? and that's been my that's right. kind of my strategy in fantasy <laughs> overall uh don't lose just win and then you know go from there my favorite yeah. thing that analyze that analysts say um before a sunday night or a monday night football game is the key to winning is to score more points than the other team. absolutely you agree just absolutely like multi-million dollar analysts just dropping those factoids for the people who don't know that more points equals victory. That's it. Just paying them the big bucks to say those things. You yeah. you just really love to see it. All right, what's uh what's first topic today? What do we got? What do we got going on? Oh, I think something that we should hit on is that extremely random trade that I don't know anybody was expecting. The Houston Washington little swap between two uh Point guards, maybe you guys have heard of before. Russell Westbrook for a John Wall who hasn't played in two years. Did the first round pick end up being part of the deal or the heavily protected first round pick, which is like top eight protected, top 20 protected. And if it doesn't become one of those, it's like two second round picks two years from now. So really it's out of play completely. So it's almost a Russell Westbrook straight up for John Wall. Yeah. How are we feeling and about that? You know what? You know what's kind of weird is. I think that I've gotten to the point with Russell Westbrook where this guy isn't isn't a champion. And and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit because he's out there giving maximum effort in every game that he plays. Uh, but I think if he keeps shooting 20 times a game, he's just going to be more of an issue offensively than, uh, than the pickup that he's giving you from his assists, from his rebounding. Um, I just think the guy is not built for being an offensive point guard. If he kind of went more the John Wall route where he was trying to get maybe 15 assists a game as John Wall is known to do, then then maybe uh, he's, he's a little bit more successful. Um, but now it's gonna be him and Bradley Beal in Washington, two guys who like having the ball. And I think that is gonna be an ugly experience. I can just feel Jesse chomping at the bid right now to talk up his boy, who he admires, who he thinks is a great player, Russell Westbrook. Tell Niz what you think. Is Washington uh, the winner of this trade? What's it look like for in, in your eyes of the uh, Russell Westbrook stand over here? Well, the how I see it is who will last longer in the playoffs. And John Wall going to Houston with uh, James Harden is absolutely astronomically better than Russell Westbrook going to Washington. Um, James Harden doesn't have to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. James Harden doesn't have to handle the ball more. Um, John Wall is a facilitator. Russell Westbrook is not a facilitator. Bradley Beal 
um, he flourishes in a facilitator offense. Um, but he, you know, he can also create a shot. Um, and I just, it's just, you know, I do like, I do like the uh, number change um, narrative and Russell Westbrook is going back to number four that he wore in high school. I do like that, but I see John Wall um, doing great in Houston. Um, are they a uh, finals contestant? I don't believe so. I think um, the farthest they'll get is conference finals maybe and probably get swept. Um, they just don't have the team for it. And That's even generous. And Washington is a first-round exit easily. It's the, the question it comes down to is John Wall anything that he was prior to his Achilles and good question. injuries? Good question. Like, you, you can be a point guard without the explosiveness, a la Chris Paul, if you're a good shooter and a good facilitator. Is John Wall going to be able to play the Chris Paul role that he did for Houston two years ago? Three years I'm, ago. I'm a, a big fan of, of what John Wall was. I think he's one of the best passing point guards that we've seen in the last. 10, 15 years, and I hope that he kind of just goes, uh, he fully turns into it. I think he can probably score 20 points a game in Houston if he wanted to, uh, but I would love to see him put up like 14, 15 and get the double-double assists every night and, you know, never going to preach my love for James Harden, but I think it's going to help him that, <laughs> that he's got this elite passer, and if he can be a pass-first point guard, um, then it's really going to help out the Rockets. Now, bear with me with this comparison, and it might not be great, um, but John Wall, after the injuries and not seeing action for two years, is going to be a very rich man's Rajon Rondo. I could see it. I could see it. I think uh, Wall is a just has a better offensive mix than, than Rondo. Rondo's shooting has just always been a little bit suspect, but um, I think he's got a little bit more more range, but um, yeah, I could see that. I could, I could get on board with that. What do you think about the trade, Logan? I just think it's it's not a needle mover. It that, it does nothing for me. Like it's like a shock because it's two names, two superstars. Uh, and I think Nate, you put it best in in a chat the other day. Would have been a great blockbuster five years ago. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't think it makes. I think if I if you put a gun to my head, I think it makes Houston better than it makes Washington better. And that's the assumption that John Wall can come back and, and be a, a Chris Paul-esque type point guard. That's that's all I feel about it. I don't think it's a huge needle mover. I think it's dumb that Washington gave up any picks for that trade um, whatsoever. So uh, I'm, I'm leaning Houston on this one. But again, I don't think it really makes them all that much better. And the West is so tough. I don't think they're going to get too far. That's about and, it. And we'll see if this means that Harden stays put or if he still wants out. I mean, there's, yeah. that's a big, big question mark right now. Do, do the Rockets I'd like to see Harden go, go somewhere else just for fun. Do the Rockets go the Thunder route and trade Harden for multiple firsts? I can see that. I can definitely see that happening. I can see that, but then you're stuck with a, a John Wall-led team after he hasn't played for <laughs> two years, and then you're yeah. really, you're really probably in the and it, it, and if. Whoever I know it's not Daryl Morey anymore, but if that GM realizes this this is the end of their tried championship run for the last I don't know six years, then you know sell the house and get picks like the Thunder are doing. Yeah, yeah, there's something to be said yeah. for that, knowing what you've got and uh, being able to to rebuild. Yeah, it's like about, he's coming uh, in and making splashes already. So yeah, 
So should we just go ahead and like pack up the NBA for the next two years with uh, LeBron signing his <laughs> extension, AD signing his extension? How many uh, like LeBron is going to get forty-two million dollars to play his thirty-nine-year-old season? Yeah, like is the only other comparison like Tom Brady? That's like literally it, right? And he's still well, getting more money than Tom Brady's getting. Well, the thing is, is that he's getting paid forty-two million to play his age thirty-nine season, and I don't think anybody thinks he's getting overpaid. Like that's no, how good no, he's, he's been. Maybe underpaid. Yeah. And it's so it's so maddening. Like I think everybody outside of LA wants to see LeBron just take a step back at some point, and it just he shows no signs of stopping. Literally, his game hasn't slowed down once. I don't. I truly don't understand how it's even physically possible to play at the level that he is at his age now and it probably isn't going to change in the next couple of years and he's never been injured this dude is literally he was made in a lap like yeah. unreal he's, not, he's he's Mewtwo of the NBA like this dude <laughs> is just like he he's just made to just fuck shit up win championships and just make everyone around him better that's like literally his role and he's going to keep doing it for several more years yeah. I don't even know when it's going to end I can't even predict it let me add the a thousand IQ play by LeBron James here. His contract extends him uh, to the 2022 season. And he becomes a free agent in 2023, correct? This is the same year as his eldest son graduates high school. Is LeBron going to follow where Bronny gets drafted? <laughs> I 100% think so. I love it. It's like a Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr. kind of thing. It's for sure going to happen. Like a so bad. A I want to see of the torch. LeBron and Bronny play together. Just you know, this uh, it's just something that would be just incredible to watch. Yeah. Do you think Bron takes like a pay cut to play anywhere else? He's like, yes. you got to Bronny, but you need to pay me forty million dollars still to come play for you. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. Who are we looking to be the number one pick in twenty twenty three? Can we make any predictions right now? Well, we, we need we need sauce in the pod to get. I was going to say, no I'm not I'm not scouting the 16 year olds. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have that. Yeah. Maybe we can get someone from Draft Express on here and, uh, yeah. and tell us what the high school uh, class looks like. Ronnie in the rookie draft next year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not even going to allow it. That's not happening. Um, do you guys see that picture of Andrew Wiggins like bulked up in the? He like worked sure. out his like COVID sure. biceps. Do you guys see that? Yeah. That's crazy. He's, he went to the Corey Maggette, uh Andre Iguodala school for biceps. Yes. And just, oh he, looks a little, he looks a little swole, man. Oh, my God. I would kill for Iggy's biceps. Just <laughs> I, They look silly on my current frame, but I would, just, <laughs> I would do anything for, for Iguodala's definition. What about, what about their insanely good shoulders and their posture? Just, Are you kidding me? Yeah. They don't have back problems. No. No, no dude, just... if, if they had the posture that I have with like those biceps that just look stupid, <laughs> just like yeah. absolutely hunched over. I got the hunchback of Notre Dame going right now, but I got some massive biceps. That's not yeah. a good look. I'm just Nate, a scrawny we... body. Hey, what are we thinking Wiggins averages this year? I'd like to hear that from you. Can I, can I tell you the over under before? Oh, yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. Uh, over under on Wiggins is 19 and a half points per game. Yeah. I. The problem, my problem with Andrew Wiggins has never been his like ability to score. It's just about whether or not he does it um, economically Efficient. and if it fits into the system. Uh, I, I just don't, he doesn't contribute a lot other places. He hasn't really shown me that he's a full all around player. I think probably with Clay out, you're seeing him put up a little bit more than 19 and a half. I think he probably is low 20s. Um, 
but I just, I don't know what his plus minus ends up being. I don't know if he's contributing on the defensive end, if he's dropping dimes, if he's picking up rebounds, you know, that's what's going to be frustrating. But um, hopefully with the addition of Wiseman, we're going to have to spread the court a little bit, have a little fun with that. And, and big biceps Wiggins will uh, have a good year. <laughs> you know, what's crazy looking at the over unders for the, for the warriors that I looked at uh, the other day, there's, six guys with double-digit over-unders on the team. So something has to give. Like, Steph's is 26.5, Wiggins is 19.5, Oubre is 18.5, Wiseman's 11.5, which I thought was kind of high, which I like to see. That means Vegas has confidence in him being a contributor for the Warriors. And you have Eric Pascal, who is also at 12.5 per game. And then Draymond almost there at 9.5 per game. Yeah, Like, they think the Warriors are going to get out there and score. Yeah. Draymond might not shoot next year. He might just only <laughs> <He> pass, <laughs> rebound, uh, facilitate. Uh, you know, he's going to shoot his his threes with his little funky, funky I believe setup. He, I believe he said in an interview recently that his goal is to shoot over 40% from three. Now, now if Draymond shoots over 40% from three, the Warriors are going 82-0. And, <laughs> yeah. and Wiggins and Oubre are also scoring under 20 a game because Draymond's going to score 15 a game. Yeah. Uh, dude, if Dre shoots over 30%, the Warriors are in great shape. <laughs> yeah, if he can yeah. knock down a corner three or like a wing three every once in a while and he has to be guarded out there, like Wiseman might actually might actually uh, drop 15 a game. Like it's just, it's yeah. going to open up so much if Dre isn't just an absolute liability on offense. And before we move on, we need to uh, give, our, give our, our T's and P's, our tots and pears out to Andrew Bogut, great warrior. Threw in the towel, retired. Warriors might not have three championships if it, if it, or maybe two or whatever prior to KD without Andrew Bogut. I remember the day that trade happened. I was at an ex girlfriend's house and it was Monte for Andrew Bogut. And I was ecstatic. And I was like, this team cannot operate with Steph and Monte together. And yep. everyone on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it was, was so mad that Monte got traded because he was loved. I get it. But if you're trying to win ball games, it's not going to be Monte and Steph. They needed a center, and that happened. It was a big day for Warriors basketball. Basically, turn the tide for the whole franchise, like that trade, minus Steph Curry being drafted. But <laughs> no, you're right though. It was a big shift in like the identity of the team, and you know, I don't think uh, Bogut was ever the sexiest player out there, but he was a big minutes guy, big defensive guy for a lot of a lot of years, and. Uh, you know, even when they went the small ball um, against the Cavaliers with the the Iggy lineup, um, you know he was still missed out there. And I think he he is a guy who should be remembered pretty fondly as a as a contributor to some of our championships. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Bogut a lot. Um, he brought a lot of culture to the team. Um, he talked he talked shit. Um, and my my biggest memory. Of uh, Andrew Bogut is, I believe it was Clay's 37 point quarter, and it was after his seventh field goal in a row. He was almost at half court, and it felt like he was in the other coach's face, begging for the coach to call a timeout. And it, <laughs> and, and that just it's burned in my memory. And it, you know he's throwing, he, he's looking at the coach, asking for him to call a timeout, and it was just, uh, I you know asking the other team to call a timeout is just big. big. <laughs> And let us not forget that Andrew Bogut got his championship ring fitted on his middle fucking finger. Yeah, like, I what swear. a baller move that is. I miss it. So, uh, prayers up to Andrew Bogut. I'll give him the Sammy Sosa chest mouth, chest mouth, point to the sky. Uh, do big things, Bogut, out there in uh, COVID-free uh, Australia. So, uh, enjoy that, boys. What do you say we get on to some betting? 
Let's review how we did a couple of weeks ago, huh? What do you guys think about that? We don't we don't need to review. We just maybe... <laughs> oh, oh, you're not getting away with that. That's not happening. My we friend. could let you guys talk about what happened. If you want to blame uh, the gods, you want to blame yourself for making a bad bet, because I think we do have a bad bet in there, and I'll, we'll call it out when we get there. Two bad bets, actually. Um, but, uh, Nate, start with you, man. We have Southern Alabama was the plus three and a half. And then we have Liberty NC State over 65 and a half was the bet. Tell us about it. What happened? Well, uh, South Alabama decided that they were going to play for about two and a half quarters. Uh, they were right in it. They were covering. And then all of a sudden it was just uh, third quarter. I believe they're up 14-7. And then uh, we got 24 unanswered from the Panthers and just closed the door on any, any hope of the cover. Um, and then a, a particularly bad pick. I'm just going to go ahead and own it. Um, I did call out for the over in uh, NC State and Liberty. I'm thinking these two teams are going to bounce back and forth. They're going to go after touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Turns out not even a little bit. Um, this was almost done from the very beginning. We got a 15-14 final for the Wolfpack. Um, I was hoping Liberty was going to pull out some magic there. I know uh, I know Katie and uh, Logan over there were, were pleased to see the Wolfpack come out on top, but uh, the real the reality was that we didn't come close to the over. Okay. So your uh, college football specialist that I claim to be was absolute garbage. And then we have Nate your your pound town lock of the week, which was quite the roller coaster and turned it out to be quite the game. Colts minus two. You want to tell us about how, the the feelings up and down about that game because I believe there was a. 21, 17, 21 point deficit for the Colts at one point? Yeah, uh, never in doubt. Um, I <laughs> was sitting, I knew I would never let my stone cold lock of the week, uh, you know, fail our, our loyal podcasters. Uh, it just felt like Aaron Rodgers was just ready to fall apart. And uh, the, the legend of Philip Rivers just, just grew <laughs> more and more that day. And they were able to get it done in overtime. And it was, uh, very proud of very proud of my boys. From San Diego to Los Angeles down to Indianapolis, the Phillip Rivers, and m- mind you, a former uh, Wolfpack quarterback himself has two goals named after him in Raleigh, North Carolina out here. Phillip Rivers, that legend continues to grow. So that's the pound town, 1-0. We told people to liquidate the 401k, and if you did, you should not be listening to this podcast. You should be on a beach somewhere uh, enjoying your Mai Tais because you made a ton of money off of that. You're welcome, um, America. Yeah, yeah. all thanks to our Ms. The Wiz. We don't, they don't call them that uh, for nothing. So great job on those. Now, Jez, let's get through some, some picks with you here before we get to the pound town uh, lock of the week uh, because it is against one of my picks. But Houston plus two and a half. That hit on a victory against New England. And then we have Detroit minus two and a half against Carolina. Talk to us about that game a little bit. I, I can't I can't talk much about it. Um if I <laughs> asked you guys who threw who tried to complete more passes in that game, who would you say? Matt Stafford or PJ Walker? It had to be Matt Stafford. They were behind. Who had more attempts in that game? <laughs> Stafford. Niz? I would guess Stafford. It was PJ Walker. It was PJ. And I think, and I'm going to tell wow. you guys, and I think that's what went wrong here is the Lions only had one turnover. Um, pa- Carolina played great D, but the time of possession was insane. Uh, Panthers controlled the ball for 36 minutes, Ooh. Over half of that game, and they shut him out. 
That was a complete barn burner. <laughs> um, Lions should be embarrassed. I, I'm embarrassed for pick, picking that game. Um, you know, Stafford threw for 178. No, no touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles lost. But, uh, you know, Panthers just controlled them. That's what it was. The Lions are poopy. I didn't like the bet when you made it originally, but I can't tell you what to do. You're okay, Mister Mister Twenty Twenty Hindsight over here. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can I can prove it because on my list I had Panthers plus two and a half on it. That's the only reason why I bring that up because I actually had Panthers plus two and a half written down. Hey, now, hey man, that that bet that you made lost. <laughs> I didn't like that one. <laughs> two weeks later. Oh, it just sucks to make a bet on a favorite and get shut out. That's horrible. I'm gonna keep your pound town lock for uh, a dual conversation for mine, um, just because it, it works together. But we saved the best for last, boys. You got okay. your narrator over here, Big Log, gave the people three, basically four picks, and just housed all four of them. And just told the people, bet the money on what Big Log is doing, and you're going to be okay. I got you, baby. I'm going to make you some money. We had Washington football team minus one and a half, maybe a little assist from a Joe Burrow blown out knee, unfortunately. Uh, that was a 20 to nine, just absolute win. And then we had the pound town lock of the week for Logan, which I went, I went deep on the first one ever. I went deep. I told you Titans plus six and a half. And I told you Derek Henry over 87 and a half rushing yards. And I said, I think Titans even went straight up. And what happened? A 29 yard Derek Henry touchdown running overtime to seal the victory for the Titans, lock in the Titans plus six and a half. Derek Henry rushed for 133 yards. Basically, anytime you can get a Derrick Henry rushing prop under 100 yards, take it. He's going to rush over 100. And now we're getting into December, chilly hours with Derrick Henry out there. He runs the ball in the cold, and you're not stopping him. You don't want to – it's like – That like man is a winter a, soldier. He is. He's literally he is. a white walker out there. Like, he, he just – he loves that. And you're, he's he's bashing straight through the wall. doesn't even need a dragon to do it. He's going right through. So, the one that I saved – I told you it was my spicy pick because I think veteran quarterbacks usually need a week or two to kind of get their bearings for an offense if they haven't played in a while, especially ones that have been in the league for a long time. They can't just get out there and do it right away. They kind of need to get going. And that was my call with Andy Dalton. Played a decent game against the Vikings, and I still think the Vikings are absolute poopy. Uh, and they proved that. And Jez had the other side for his pound town lock at Vikings minus seven, and I had boys plus seven. What happened there, Jazz? I know we were we were both we were all sweating it together because it was just a back and forth barn burner between two bad defenses. Well, again, Kirk Cousins didn't play bad. He threw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook rushed for over a hundred yards. But the big difference here is the Vikings defense is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> uh, you know, Zeke, you know, rushed for his usual hundred yards. Um, Dalton, they only got to Dalton once, and that is that needs to change. You need to pressure Dalton, and he will shit his pants, like I explained in the last pod. Um, Vikings played bad defense; they gave up too many points, and and I was buried. Great, great. I just wanted that one. Great, great pick. Yep. Great. So yeah, we finished. So most you had a uh, two and one, missed the pound town lock. Niz one and two, got your pound town lock and logged. 3-0, technically 4-0, with, uh, with the extra little bonus. So, uh, guys, if you're if you're betting money on the Pound Towns, you're sitting pretty, people. So with that being said, let's move on to week 13. We had a little break with the Thanksgiving. Watch some Thanksgiving football. Watch some Wednesday football. Didn't make any picks, but now we're on to week 13. We have a Tuesday game this week. No Thursday game. 
What do you guys got for me? Nick, start us off. Give us a pick. Are you going college football? Are you going NFL? What do you got for us? Yeah, I'm looking for a little bit of a redemption this week. I went all three picks college football, all Saturday oh, games. Oh, boy. Yeah, yep. I did it. I went for it. Um, I'm going back to the well. I know that I can be better uh, for our listeners out there, uh, all four or five of you. Um, I am going to start up with a ranked game. Actually, we've got Iowa State, who is now a top 10 team in the nation. They've got West Virginia rolling into town. Uh, classic Big 12 showdown. Uh, and the Big 12 has become uh, synonymous with point scoring the past few years. It's uh, We're getting these games that are like 45-44. A few years ago, we had Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield go head-to-head -head for like 120 total points or something like that. That is not going to be the case in this game. West Virginia is a top five defense in uh, the nation. Uh, Iowa State is a good offensive team, a solid defensive team, but they are the type that is going to run this pro-style offense. It's going to be methodical. They're going to take some time running the ball, passing the ball, short passes. Uh, there's going to be a the time of possession game, I think, will decide who really dominates this game. But I'm going to take the under, which is getting the head shake from both the other members of this podcast because <laughs> not like betting the under, but I've got the under West Virginia, Iowa State, 49 and a half. I think we're going to see like a 21-14 game this week. I got to say, I love the, the, the college bring back of the Mahomes Baker Mayfield. For whatever reason, it's like Mahomes and like a, just, in, just in college, just doing his thing and Baker out there, of course, being the Heisman winner that he was. Uh, that's giving me a little tingle. I liked that. I like yeah. the bring back. Yes. So under West Virginia, Iowa, under 49 and a half. Lock yep. it in for Niz, pick number one. Jez, what do you got for us? I know you're not going college. No, I'm not. I'm going uh, NFL, and I'm taking uh, the Colts a la Niz. Colts minus three. They are away at Houston. Um, but like we talked about earlier in the pod, Fuller, gone. Um, all they have is Cooks, and uh, Kuti is going to have to step up, but that man has one touchdown in the last, like, three years. Um, I don't see Houston keeping up with Colts. I know the Colts defense has been a little suspect, but I see like a 35-21 game. Colts offense has been insane. Um, they've scored 30-plus points in four of the last six games. Um, I think Colts run away with this one. Now let me let me ask you, and it sounds like I already know the answer here, but if you get stuck with that hook at three and a half, you're still going with the Colts? Yes. Okay. Colts minus three. That's the first pick. Lock it in. I had that on my list too, so now I'm going to go ahead and – cross her out because I actually like that I if I were to make that pick I was going to say that it feels a little trappy but Houston is, their, their, their defense is not good Colts defense is good uh, it just seemed like a weird line to me um, but I'm glad you took it and not me Colts offense scares, scares me Colts offense is rolling hey I, I'll give you that I like the, I like their offense I like Michael Pittman I like Naheem Hines out there and they'll be they'll be pretty healthy going into it so we're going to say, Niz, you think that was trappy too? Let's just keep uh, yeah. on Jesse for the trappy Yeah, pick. no, I was just going to say, I feel, uh, <laughs> I feel like it's it's a little bit uh, trappy, but I could also see the Colts just rolling, so I won't, I won't say too much on it. Okay, boys, I'm going to make this pick before either of you, uh, well, I know, Niz, you're going all college football, but I think, I bet you Jesse has this on his list. I'm going to take our Niners. I never like to bet home teams, but I'm taking our Niners minus one. Just give it to me. You know, Niners playing pretty good right now defensively. They look like 
Debo Samuel out there, completely different team. Raheem Mostert out there, completely different team. Buffalo's reeling a little bit right now. They lost uh, John Brown probably for the year. They haven't been playing great football. Josh Allen's kind of back to his 2019, like, show splashes of being really good, but still just has that, like, you don't know what the fuck he's doing out there sometimes, just making bad plays. Um, and I just think the Niners take advantage of that being a, a pretty well-rounded defense that can pressure him and put pressure on him from uh, the secondary. So give me my Niners, our Niners, uh, minus one. Poster, that man is an absolute home run hitter. Um, and I heard you say that earlier today, so I don't want to take credit for that, but he is someone who just changed the entire dynamic of the line. Um, I, I actually noted, noted this, uh, this game as a trap the other way. I really like this pick, Logue. I think the public is going to be all over Buffalo in this one. Yeah. Um, at eight and three, I think they look like the better team. Um, so why are we favored in a, in a home game that we're, I don't believe even going to be playing at home. So, yeah. um, it, it's a and little, it's a little weird, but they, I like it. Yeah. I think Buffalo opened as a favorites to and the lines move towards the Niners, which tells me the sharps are on the Niners as well. So let's balance it back to you, Niz. What do you got for us? College pick number two. Um, this is a special pick. Uh, we've Ooh. got a, some action this week. Uh, I believe oh, it's actually, who doesn't love some action? Who doesn't love some action? We have two teams that have not yet gotten a victory. So we've got Bowling Green <laughs> traveling to Ohio to face Akron. Um, if you're not following the... It's not a real game. This isn't real. <laughs> you're not. This is probably the worst game that will be on the slate this year. Um, Akron is not good. Um, Bowling Green is less good than they are. Um <laughs> These are both bottom five offensive output teams and bottom five defensive output teams. So something's going to have to break somewhere. Um, it's going to be an absolute shit show, and I cannot wait to watch it. Um, I think <laughs> the zips, <laughs> the zips for Akron are just a little bit less terrible than Bowling Green. Bowling Green is completing something like forty-one percent of their passes on the season. That's not great. Um, Akron has 41. a forty-one percent. Akron has some skill position players that can that can go a little bit, and their quarterback isn't disgustingly terrible. So I'm going to take Akron, a winless team, minus two and a half at home. Oh man, that is an absolute Niz the Wiz special right there. Let me tell you, <laughs> disgusting football. Game. I'm not even if sure. You how ask you me if like if you asked me if like Akron was a D1 school, I'd be like, uh, no. Yeah, like I know Akron because that's like where LeBron's from. That's all I know. Yeah, and and I know Bowling Green just cuz, but like Akron. Whew. All right, that's a new special. Akron minus two, lock her in. Most, give us your second pick and stay away from the traps, man. What do you got? Um, am, uh, can you hear me now? Am I better? Yeah. Good. Okay, good. Um, so I got, and this again might be another trap, but I got Saints minus three against the Falcons. Uh, their last matchup, um, the Saints played, I don't know, uh, top five defense against Atlanta, and they beat them 24 to nine. Taysom Hill has been playing surprisingly good. Thrown over for 200 yards, rushing for almost 50. Um, Latavius rushed for 125 last week. Um, I like the Saints, um, like a 28-17 win. I'm not mad at that. I think you bet against the Falcons, you have a good chance of winning. Just doesn't matter. <laughs> like, the, the Falcons just allow it. So lock that in for pick number two. Saints minus three. Now roll with two minus three picks before the line can move to a three and a half. 
taking advantage of the early lines there, which which we always recommend to do and we never do for ourselves because we're our donkeys and bet closing lines and always lose. So bet those early lines. So my second pick, I like my theme of going spicy with the second pick. And it's it's going to be against the same team that was spicy about my last pick. I'm taking Jacksonville plus oh. ten and a half against Minnesota. <laughs> I'm taking that to the bank again. And I can just pretty much just go on a recording of what I said about Minnesota on the last pick. They're poopy. Their defenses suck. Their defense sucks. Kirk Cousins, I don't think, is good at all. And I don't care who that quarterback for Jacksonville. Niz, get out there and throw some passes. I think Jacksonville is going to cover the 10.5. Their defense is bad, too. I just I have no faith in Minnesota ever. So I'm taking Jacksonville plus 10.5. It's just a Minnesota has no business beating anybody by more than 10. I don't care who it is. It could have been uh, Hinton-led Denver Broncos last year. The Vikings would not have won by more than 10. So give me Jackson, or, uh, Jacksonville plus 10.5 against Minnesota. What's the, uh, what's the Dalvin Cook status this week? I know he's pretty beat up. I think he's good to go. I don't yeah. I don't know if it's been determined yet, but he did come back into the game after the, the ankle tweak. Again, that could be adrenaline. Who knows? But uh, right after it happened, he was kind of um, running on the sideline right away and yeah. got back into the game. So uh, I think he's going to be good to go there. Yeah. And I know Jacksonville's run defense is horrendous, but I don't like Minnesota. <laughs> Niz, pound town lock of the week. What you got for us? All right. I'm sticking with football or college football. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stray. Um, and this is one of those those lines that just doesn't look quite right this week. I think um, we're gonna have gonna see a lot of people on the other side of this bet, but I, I think they're in the wrong. Um, we got Oklahoma State Cowboys. They are the 15th ranked team in the nation. Uh, they just had a massive uh, 94 point uh, game with Texas Tech. They managed to pull it out by six last week. Um, but they are traveling to see the Horn Frogs of Texas Christian, and they are an unranked team, but they are a tough team. Um, they play strong defense. They don't love their quarterback. Their quarterback is one of those guys who can go out and throw 86 yards and a couple picks and really bury the team or put them behind. Um, but I just don't think Oklahoma State is very good. Uh, I don't know that Chuba Hubbard is going to play in this game. Even if he did, does, he's been pretty ineffective. Um, so I think TCU is going to win this game outright. You can take the plus one and a half if you're interested in it, but you might as well just go money line. So I'll make that my, my pick is TCU money line. I don't think, uh, Spencer Sanders is a good quarterback for OSU. Um, Tylen Wallace is a great receiver, but I think they're going to have some corners there that can, that can handle him. Um, I think TCU is just going to kind of win this ugly. I'm looking at like a 23-17 kind of game, and I think TCU takes it. I like that's our first official money line underdog pick for uh, the picks, and and I, I like where your head's at. Pound Town Lock of the Week from Nizline. Uh, Jez, what is your Pound Town third pick? Let's get it right. What do you got? I got um, following in Niz's shoes here. I got Cardinals money line, and I believe this is the lock of the century. Um, the Rams are struggling. Um, they're coming to Arizona. They just lost to lost to the second time to the Niners. Um, this last time to Nick Mullins. That's embarrassing. Um, but I think the Rams are complete pretenders. And let me tell you who they beat so far. Dallas, Eagles, the Giants, Washington football team, the Bears. Now, their last two wins have been better. They beat Russell Wilson and they beat Tom Brady. But um, give me the Cardinals all the way, man. 31-21 Cardinals. 
Rams just such a weird team this year. Like they I are. feel like they have the the capability to go out and just put together this whole game and they look great and then they have another another week just right after where they just totally drop the ball and don't even look like they should be out there with the other team. So Yeah. With um, Kyler with Kyler getting healthier too, I think um they need they they're gonna bounce back. Uh and I think they I think they beat the Rams here, doesn't Love the underdog break. money line. Yeah, I had the cards plus three written down, so I like that pick. All right, I am putting my pound town lock on the shoulders of one Patrick Mahomes to just annihilate Denver. Give me the Chiefs. Give me the 14 points. Chiefs minus 14 over Denver. Patrick Mahomes does not take the foot off the gas. doesn't happen. They don't play down on their opponent. They don't stop throwing the ball when they're up 20 points. They're just going to keep piling it on Denver. Does Denver it's, have uh, a QB this week, or is it still hinting? Yeah, they should be. They should be fine. They yeah, they're three. They get to use an actual quarterback this week. Yeah, I don't care. It's Drew Locke. If you want to say actual quarterback, quote unquote, but the Chiefs are just going to get out there and smash them. It's going to be minus fourteen, and it's going to be an easy win. Give me that pound ten lock of the week. Chiefs minus fourteen versus Denver. Did you guys hear Tyreek Hill's comments um, about Patrick Mahomes as a rookie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said he was. He thought he was trash. <laughs> so he won't be throwing Tyreek the ball this week. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got your your yard and your catch them yeah. done with you talk about me like that. I love it. Um so let's go to a new segment. We got our bets in. We're gonna make the people some money. But I got a little special segment for you guys. Pulled some of the tough leaguers, some friends of the show. And by the way, I've listened to a lot of radio and podcasts in my day, and I've always wanted to to be a friend of the show. And now I get to call people friends of the show, and I like it. So we have some friends of the show. Uh, that will maybe have on as guests at some point that ask some questions to us. And I want to start off with one uh, co-commissioner, co-creator himself, Andrew Boteri, asks us, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck duck, or a hundred duck-sized horses? The, the, uh, the, the, the age-old Reddit question. Yes, yes <laughs> the age-old Reddit question. What do you guys think? Real quick conversation. You know, I think I think the sheer volume of the the duck-sized horses, <laughs> if I let me say this correctly, the sheer volume of the duck-sized horses is going to be a little overwhelming. I think. No, it's one-sized duck horse. One. No. One duck-sized horse or a hundred. Right. Horse-sized. Wait, what? <laughs> no, one? it's one horse-sized duck <laughs> right, or a hundred yeah. duck-sized horses. And I'm saying if these little fuckers are running around with their little, their little, uh, what do you call them? Horseshoes, like kicking at you. That's going to hurt. It's going to be overwhelming. I think a horse sized duck, you have the better opportunity to get around it. Uh, maybe jump on its back. Do, uh, I believe Andrew <laughs> once said that he would do a stunner of the horse sized duck. I'm thinking more of like a rear naked choke on the horse sized duck, get it on the ground and then just beat the hell out of it. Um, I'm not looking forward to either task, if I'm being honest, but I'm going to go with the horse sized duck. That that I'm I'm gonna have to agree. That is such an easy answer. A horse-sized duck will be very slow compared to a hundred duck-sized horses or whatever. Whatever the question is, I'm not facing off against a hundred animals who can peck at my legs until I fall over, and then they peck at my neck and they cut the jugular and I'm out. Yeah. All right, I'm facing one animal. I'm gonna do my athleticness, my five-tool phenom athlete athleticism, and I'm gonna kill that animal. I hate to be have three guys on a podcast all agree on the same answer, but I'm completely with you guys. I was at 
a winery a, a couple months ago and they had like this, I don't know if it was like a petting zoo or something like that. And there was a ton of chickens, maybe a hundred of them flocking towards the worker feeding them food. It could be a hundred ducks. I don't want to fuck with that. Yeah. Give me, give me the one, uh, horse sized duck. I'm going to get on its back, never ending story style and just ride it until it just can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it's worn out. And then I'll just, just, just get, just get it right under the neck. And there's gonna be a lot of blood. If you guys yeah. have the office Christmas party, Benny Hanna episode, that's yes. what I'm going to do to it. And that's the end of it. Give me the horse-sized duck. That's mm-hmm. all three of us. Thank you, it's Andrew, for the question. It's, it's not It's not that it's just us all agreeing. It's just that we're academics, and we know <laughs> what what the right answer is. And, and you know, we know these these duck-sized horses aren't going to come at us one at, one at a time and let us kick <laughs> them off. You know, they're going to hound us. They're going to bring the heat. Yeah. Uh, they're looking to kill. And, you know, no. No, thank you. Horses are dense and strong, too, man. Oh, get a hundred yeah. of those things. Absolutely. It's basically a hundred dogs coming at you. Like, I don't oh. even want that. No, that sounds horrible. Um, all right. The next question we have from uh, our very own uh, the, the single female in Tough League holds her own in this league completely well. Just one of the dudes for sure. She asks, what one professional sport would be improved with the addition of alcohol? as a player <laughs> let, let me add someone who has one of the best laughs i've ever heard in my entire life says uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go and it was between two it was between bowling and golf and i'm gonna go oh with and and the reason being is um i've i've bowled drunk logan has bowled drunk we've bowled drunk together and i would love to see professionals throw a 15 pound ball drunk and um, i believe that would be the funniest and also the funnest uh, sport to watch yeah. while they were drunk. I mean, we've already seen it with golf with John Daly. He probably golfed drunk his entire right. career. I was going to say, John Daly would love a word with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and golfers, they've been priming for this their whole lives. They, they've golfed drunk. They can uh, they can play well while drunk. Bowling, I'm not too sure about it. I think they'll play yeah. awful and it'll be fun. I think you have to really wipe out like a lot of the main sports, uh, your football, basketball, baseball, because yeah. these maybe baseball, but football, basketball, like your hockey. Doc Ellis would like a word with you. Yeah. These guys are just, these guys are running around. We don't want, we don't want people just vomiting all over themselves. Like there's nothing about or do that. We? There's just nothing about that, 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 that really, uh, helps, helps the viewing experience. So yeah, I'll throw, I, I like, I like golf. I think it'd be fun if you just have, Every hole, they like crack open a Coors Light, and it just slowly, slowly devolves. And like Tiger shoots like a front, like thirty-seven, and then a back like fifty-two. Like I just <laughs> love it. He just loses his shit. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, you got to go with some of the more the more obscure sports that don't require as much running. Yeah, that's kind of where my mind's going with it too. I kind of. I- for some reason, horse racing's in my head, but not the horses. Obviously, it's the jockeys. Can you imagine whoa, the jockey trying to whoa. hang on to a fucking horse and they're just absolutely hammered and can barely see straight? And you just see one just like bouncing up. And you can't see the video, but I'm like literally bouncing up and down on my chair, and you like can't hold. It's almost like watching a drunk girl at a country bar try and ride one of those mechanical bulls. It's actually yes, not going absolutely. very fast. It's just because she's super drunk and can't really hang on or see which way. I think that's what we would imagine. The only thing I, I worry about is, like, there's some severe injuries. We just talked about horses' <laughs> ability to absolutely annihilate you. And if there's just drunk jockeys about at about four foot six walking around, stumbling on a track after pulling off a horse, we might have some serious injuries. Yeah. But I'm going to go that anyway because I still think it would be entertaining to see if you can just guarantee me that no one actually gets physically hurt about that. 
on that. So now, let me ask a horse racing question that I'm sure none of us know the answer to, but does the jockey have to be on the horse for the win to count? He yes. does. Okay, so it's really just going to be like the one or two guys who are able to who can stay hold on. on their horse. Yeah, I kind of like that. I'm all in Who's on the that. Most actually, functioning alcoholic. Yeah, get that. I really that. like. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> Uncle Wayne is going to be like the best <laughs> jockey. <Yeah>. Also, <laughs> and also these jockeys are four nine and under. Give yeah. them a handle of Tito's, and boy, we yeah. might have handle. You trying to kill them? <laughs> oh boy. They're gonna have two uh, strawberry uh, daiquiris and they can't even function. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a gone. have a couple two, two coronas. About it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was sis, honestly, that was a good question. We had to force it out of her because I don't think she was gonna give us a question if we didn't ask her again. So thanks for giving us that one. So we have another one, friend of the show, a loyal listener of our of one of one podcast so far. Grant Ono has a question for us, and it's uh it's gonna be a bone, Mary, or drop. Of all of everyone's favorite TV show, The Office, it's Jen Levinson, no okay. Gould. It okay. is the purse salesman of Jim's uh, once love fling, and then okay. it is um, what was the third one? Uh, Rashida Jones. Yes. Um, Karen, a Filippelli. A Filippelli. Bone, Mary, drop those three. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah, so if I'm not mistaken, I believe the purse salesman is Amy Adams, correct? Right. Right, okay. Um, so first I'm going to go kill, or uh, drop, sorry. We're not, uh, we're going to go drop. Jan's Jan's got to go. Even with the, the fake chesties, she's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy. She's a, she's a nice looking lady, but you just can't, can't put your dick in crazy. I mean, that's just too much, so... <laughs> Um, I'm gonna drop Jan Levinson, regardless of the gold or not. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bone, uh, the purse salesman, who I believe his name is Katie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is yeah. yeah. Uh, Amy Adams, very pretty, uh, but she she's a little shallow in the show. She doesn't. She's not a real real big thinker. So you know, which leaves uh, Philippelli, who got a bad rap. You know, she really mm -hmm. didn't do anything wrong other than just not being Pam Beasley. So um, I'm going to go Karen Filippelli, gorgeous, smart. Uh, she's she's my she's my Mary. Um, I'm going to go contrarian here. I, um, I'm going to obviously marry Rashida Jones because she's a she's a goddamn dime. Um, I'm going to uh, bone Jan Levinson. And let me tell you, wow, what, oh, is probably an absolute freak a leak um she boned her receptionist which is an absolute dream of young men <laughs> to bone their night. um and i'm gonna drop uh the purse salesman because you know she's gorgeous but um there's not there's nothing there give me jan levinson for one night oh boy just chesticles all day <laughs> and i gotta tell you jan will definitely set the mood with it with the many candles oh yeah you know, oh yeah i set something on fire but it's gonna smell good you, in she, there and it's gonna look good in there she is a freak in the sheets you're okay. not wrong. You're not wrong. I have I have no issue with that. You're gonna go yeah. through something that you probably have never gone through before. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say about cougars. They always, they teach the cubs something new every yeah, time, right? So that's go. what Jan's gonna do for you. Yes. I did, I did not think we would we would go with a Jan not getting dropped by everybody. Uh, I'm afraid I'm going. I'm gonna have to drop Jan, and I'm having a very large uh, internal crisis between Karen Filippelli and uh, her salesman Amy Adams. Um. Man, 
you know, listeners Amy Adams cannot Archer... see him right now, but he is really going through it. Like he is really <laughs> gray hair is growing, struggling. Yeah, <laughs> it's just if I'm going based, we're going solely based off their their show characters. The the purse salesman just too much of a shallow character. I'll just get a I'll get bone, get in, get out, be done with it, not to worry about it anymore. Karen Filippelli does like to talk. She's a big communicator. You got to respect that. You need that in a very successful marriage. Uh, I know J- Jim wasn't the biggest fan of it. Maybe Karen was a little too excessive with it. Sure. But hey, a person that wants to communicate, wants to work their things, wants things to work. So I'm going to go Karen. Let me marry Karen. Let me just bone and, and have my good time with uh, the purse salesman and Jan. Jesse, you you almost convinced me to go Jan on the <laughs> on the bone, honestly. like I, That was not cross. It was always between purse and, and Karen, but you almost got me on Jan. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to drop her. So... I mean, uh, Karen, also the the ambition and the successfulness that is extremely sexy to me, and that that's a full Mary easily. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we have one football question also from a friend of the show, uh, Gene Grant Ono himself. Start sit T Higgins versus Henry Ruggs. What do you got for us guys? Well, uh, I am facing Gene, and so he must be talking about a different league unless he's he's planning on picking up rugs, but I think he's rocking. <laughs> um, well, Gene, I'm going to say uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, that's my official stance <laughs> on this one. Um, as uh, I'm playing him this week, I choose to abstain from this. Um, I hope huh? that he chooses to uh, I'm gonna, roster Nate, all me, the players me, that are let terrible. Let me stop you, Nate. Nate, let me yeah. stop you. It was... T. Higgins versus Brandon Ayuk. Oh, my bad, my bad. Okay, well, host, get it together, please. And yep. um, let me let me bounce back and say again, Gene, go fuck yourself. I hope your team falls apart in dramatic fashion this week. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's my last word on the on the matter. T. Higgins versus Brandon Ayuk. That's a uh, Brandon Ayuk for me. Um, coming off COVID, I'm sure he's chomping at the bit, um, fully recovered. I think he's going to get the same um, treatment as Debo will. Um, a lot of sweeps, um, a lot of slants, and um, T. Higgins has has uh, Nate thrown to him, so he's going to get maybe one. <laughs> <in the game. laughs> You're yeah, not wrong. Yeah, I, Gene, I think you have your answer. It's Brandon Ayuk. I love T. Higgins. He's an absolute baller and a half, but when you have Donald Trump and Brandon Allen thrown to you, Nothing is going to work out. I know he, I think he got in the paint last week, but you just can't rely on that. He's not going to get the volume that he did with Joe Burrow. He's not going to get the efficiency. He's not going to get the the YOLO ball like he got from Joe Burrow. Brendan Ayuk is going to come in a more polished offense against a defense that's not very good and has been giving up big plays all year. And again, Niners minus one. So obviously I got to go with my man, uh, Brendan Ayuk. Uh, Guys, that's a podcast. That's it for myself. Big log. There's the whiz. Don Most, episode two, done. Follow us on Twitter at tough underscore pod. Guys, final words before we deck out. I'm going 3-0 and this week. <laughs> yeah, bouncing back 3-0. Uh, we're going 9-0 as a tough pod. Um, and don't forget, we also have a tough uh, prop sheet if you would like to join. Um, just you know, reach out to us via Twitter or email, and we can. it's $10 per entry. And you know, could win up to about a hundred bucks. And uh, right. what, one final thing: go George Russell. Go George Russell for you F one fans. That's a podcast, boys. Everyone out there, 
stay tough. Thanks for listening.